Hey, everyone. Welcome back. It's another episode of Who's Listening? With me, your host, Leon Andrews. Hey, guys. I'm back here, Studio 95, with just feeling happy. Just feeling really happy. Things are good. Things are going great. Had a wonderful, wonderful, and full weekend with my beautiful wife. We went, over the weekend, we went to Bartow and Plant City, where we cosplayed once again in Star Wars outfits at the Sci-Fi Bartow. Really fun, really fun event. It's absolutely free and open to the public, and it happens in downtown Bartow on every February of the the third Saturday of February. So every year on the 3rd February of Saturday, they have this event. As it appears, it has been going on for 10 years now. And it started off as a thing at a local comic book facility. Facility. L- listen to me talk. At a comic book store in Bartow, they did this event and it's been doing it every year ever since. And it's grown to where it is now the place was pretty packed full of people who were cosplaying dressed up as star wars characters and then a few other characters it was very thematic to star wars but i did see a couple of klingons and a couple of starfleet command if you if you will and then there was a couple other cosplayers as well one of them actually was a mashup of disney with star wars it was pretty cool it was a captain hook that was a Mandalorian attire, and then one was, oh goodness, not Aladdin. I think she was, come on, hit me up with it, bro. I got this. Ooh, come on, the girl from Tangled. What is her name? Why am I spacing on it? Rapunzel! There it is, and nailed it. Got it. She was dressed up as Rapunzel, and I can't remember who the male character was, the third person. He was also a star wars character as well but i can't put my finger on it i know they have pictures of them somewhere i remember seeing them at the central florida comic con not too long ago so you well you know once i once i'll remember it i'll i'll post it up somewhere for you guys for you guys to see but i went over to the sci-fi bartel and the first thing that happens when i get there was i see that george lowe the voice of Space Ghost, the dad from the Brack show, was there. And I remember just looking around, aimlessly taking in the scenery, and then I look over to my right, and there's a sign saying George Lowe. And right there, next to, on a bench, next to his own stand, is George Lowe. And he says, it is I, George Lowe. Hello, elbow of friendship, he says. Funny guy. We talked for a little bit. He gave me gave me a deal on being the first three or first few people who come to see him get an, a free selfie along when they purchase an autographed picture, which he signed in a very funny way, which my my wife wasn't entirely hot on because she liked the picture itself and she wanted the picture to be a certain way and felt that it got ruined by all the words and statements and things about suppositories and telemarketers being blasted away written on it. <laughs> she wasn't a fan. I, I for one, enjoyed it. I, I have this piece 
of art now. <laughs> this picture with George Lowe just scribbling all over, and I, I, I for one appreciate it. <laughs> but she wasn't, she wasn't the biggest fan of it. So, <laughs> but we also ran into, we knew for a fact actually that the Outer Rim Guilds members were going to be there doing their thing, and we, I was under the impression that we were going out there to volunteer, but my wife was right. She did bring up a good point that I, I for some reason, didn't click with me, is that we never really got approved to even be at their kiosk, at their stand, because we never really submitted our costumes and our outfits and a backstory for approval. So we still have to get on top of that. And that's like a very important part of the whole process with with uh, getting into the Outer Rims Guild. Outer Rims Guild is just like the 501st Guild. If you are familiar with the 501st Guild, they are a charity organization themed after Star Wars where they go at children's hospitals, they go out to local events, and they put on charity. They go out there for charities. And that's what, but the difference between Outer Rim Guilds and 501st, there's a few things. 501st is definitely clone troopers, uh, stormtroopers. Your your Jedi's the ones that you recognize that you know for a fact is someone from Star Wars unmistakably you can say that is Ahsoka Tano that's Obi Wan Kenobi that's Papa Palpatine okay but in the Outer Rims Guild they're a little less strict they still have their restrictions they still have their guidelines but their whole thing is that you have to be someone that looks like you can appear in Star Wars specific to the Outer Rims of the galaxy and it sounds like you know a much more feasible thing much more attainable reachable kind of a place to go to so we've been going we've already gone to two meetings already one happened in one park and then in another park and we got to meet them talk a little bit uh what we want to do and how we dress and i for one uh i st- stepped up my costume a little bit actually no i didn't i really didn't do terribly much anything different from when I posted when I was at Disney World when I went to the Galaxy's Edge. The only thing that I changed were my leggings. I went from wearing compression workout pants to women's yoga pants. And I have to say, I have to say, I get it. Women, ladies, I get it. Those things are so freaking comfortable. If first it really felt i was wearing nothing at all but at the same time i was wearing something that was very complimentary to my body so i get it i get why leggings exist and why yoga pants are awesome it's not just an eye treat it feels great and it really did a lot for my self-confidence i'm just gonna say it I'm just gonna say that that's all i'm gonna say on that topic but i i wearing these red yoga leggings and then i oh yeah that's right that was the other part that i did i had the in in addition to the leggings i also bought half chaps that went over my calf muscles those are the uh, riding chaps that usually people wear when they go on when they do horseback riding i bought those that were zippers and they put I put that over my boots so you couldn't see that they were actually laced up boots, but instead you really it look it looked like one whole very long boot, which really added to the really added to a little bit more of my outer rim look of a pilot or a smuggler, however you however you want to look at it. And that was another thing that I did. Funny enough, it's they were also women's half chaps. 
<laughs> I bought a women's medium. It's funny. It's one of those things that if if I didn't say anything, you would have never known that they were specific to a gender. My wife, she did Twilight once again, but this time she did it a little bit differently where she went with a more skin-colored, more skin-toned version of a Twilight. She just took stockings that were close to her skin color she stuffed them the way she did it with her previous her previous head tails and then she wore those without having to throw up any makeup except whatever she usually wears in terms of you know everyday makeup and she put that on and then she just went out as a flesh color twilight which everyone really liked everyone came up to her everyone wanted her picture she looked great in her outfit she was wearing stockings with shorts and then she had a sort of a crop top kind of thing and a vest it was really good really nice really nice look it, she pulled it off very well my wife really does go pretty much for broke when it comes to cosplaying and today that day was no exception and then we entered the costume contest uh we didn't win but it's always fun to go up there and participate and show off our outfits do a couple of cool poses for the you know for the for the cameras and whatnot it was you know it was fun overall we had a, we we had a really good time with the outer room guilds people uh linking up with people talking to george lowe and then running into people that we already knew from previous events that were also there. Shout out to Steve. Hey, what's up, guy? If you're listening, appreciate you, homie. <laughs> and it was just a really fun. It was a really fun time. I'm looking forward to going next year again. I'm looking very much looking forward to going next year again. I also want to learn more Klingon so I can yell at the Klingons and Klingon. That'd be fun to do, like something like that. And then right afterwards, uh, we me and my wife, we went camping in Plant City over in a retreat, all acre land or world or something along those lines. But it was a retreat. Uh, it was a an event that was going on, something called, Zen, it was called Zen Fest. There was going to be some bands playing, drum circles, people having a good time. We brought our camping equipment. This is my first time, literally my first time ever sleeping, ever sleeping outdoors. The one problem is we forgot to bring the poles that holds up the tent. And that was a real problem. And I was kind of upset that there was a confusion on the on our lines because I had everything in one place in the living room and my wife moved it over into the garage. And when I grabbed everything that morning, I didn't really think as I grabbed things I didn't think about that did I have those poles or not I just grabbed everything and packed the car so it was a mistake it happens not a big deal I I can I didn't get mad I got upset I did get frustrated but I wasn't gonna yell at my wife over it because I it's not only just on her it was also on me I should have looked I should have looked in the first place to make sure I had everything even though I packed up the entire car, I should have made sure there was a checklist somewhere to make sure really verifying and that I had everything we needed to camp because we did bring everything, including the small little cooker that we had, which was so fun to be outside in the outdoors cooking up sausages and onions and peppers, which was our dinner that night, along with a, a bag of a bag of chips. <laughs> that we ate and that was our dinner that night and then but luckily she had friends there and the friends were able to provide us with a one of those uh one of those um one of those outdoor canopies 
which they pieced together with a couple with several tar tarps to kind of make a makeshift very yeah very makeshift thrown together kind of tent it did its job it did keep us in it did get very cold that day uh, not super cold it got down to i think 15 degrees celsius that day so that's about hold on i'm doing the math in my head low 60s like ever okay so no maybe a little bit cooler than that because if you translate it, it was more in the low 50s so that would say about yeah about 12 degrees celsius is where it got to at night and i was wearing thankfully i was wearing my thermals and i had a pair of jogging pants that were my sleepwear with some fuzzy socks and a in a in a beanie and i was warm underneath all those blankets with and cuddled up with my wife so i was i was golden that was my first time ever cooking outside sleeping out and and sleeping outside overnight i do want to do it again to get more practice in camping is something i've never done until this past saturday and i want to do that again i want to experience that again and there's a potential that we might be doing it again in the next couple weeks here i'm looking forward to doing that this time have everything packed up that we need including the tent pole so that we can actually have a tent set up for that night that we have the tent we have the and of course we have to order the portable pump as well so we can pump up the mattress if not something that we can have plugged into the car to pump up the mattress and bring it over that we were that was another thing we were scrambling around looking for someone with a pump so we can pump up our 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 air mattress and yeah that was our that was our, that was our whole weekend it was it was just a really fun weekend it, i got completely outside of my comfort zone i want to give a shout out to nami she was somebody that kind of really and kind of really influenced me wanting to sleep outside my wife has been talking about my wife has been talking about going camping for quite a while but talking to nami who has gone out who goes out hiking who goes uh rock climbing in or mountain hiking there we go that was it mountain hiking she's done all that she's been up to the top of small of mountains and her being outdoors really just really was a partial influence on why i should get outside my comfort zone more often and and sleep outside cook outside be in nature and that was really fun for even for just one night i would love to see how i would do over more of an extended period of time how would i do over two nights or three nights you know it's something that i'll see that i'll do it's something that I'll, that's on my on my list this year i'll make sure that I, yeah it's something that i'll do baby yeah it's all golden like that you know other than that guys i've been pushing myself through i had unfortunately because of what the weekend was i wasn't able to fully finish my my third draft but the funny the funny thing is i'm literally on the last almost last 600 words of what i had to proofread and edit and i have the third draft completed and then i'm just gonna proofread it again make sure that it's good to go and then i'm just gonna i'm gonna start looking i've already started reaching out to an artist and i'm looking for someone to do cover art for me for this project so that i can target this out have something and have a much completed book for everybody out there to read i'm pushing through these goals baby i'm all about it i'm all about these goals all day i'm all about putting myself outside my comfort zone and be chillaxed all day shouldn't have said that last part that's under admittedly sounded really really lame i apologize but the what i mean is is that i'm just 
going out there. I'm, I'm putting myself, I'm extroverting. I'm not trying to get into my own mind. Am I going to write a good book? Is it going to be a bad book? I'm not trying to sit here and think about, I'm not going to sit here and think about the what if and get almost, and get almost in my own head and psych myself out. I'm pushing myself to put something out there for people to read. And that's what, that's one of my biggest accomplishments. And when I do that, I've reached a new level in myself with in as a writer and that's and that's just fantastic and then the of course the other thing i'm doing is i'm trying to push myself to be a voice actor i did some more research on how to get out there as a voice over artist let me give that to you again how to get out there as a voice over artist and i looked into where i can start narrating more books besides just volunteering my voice in a potential get paid for having this audio chocolate that's not just on a podcast, but out there for people to hear me read their beautiful, beautiful books and beautiful words and out there for all those people who are very interested in not reading, but would rather listen to something such as a podcast because, hey, man, not every time, not everybody has time to read, man. Even I don't always have time to read. I Somehow I make it work, baby. Somehow I make it work. Yeah, so that is something that I'm just going to, I'm going to go through. So you know what, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to type out something here really quick for myself and i'm just i'm just gonna put this as a goal i'm just gonna do this right now with everybody i'm just gonna push through and say all right let's do it where's my task let's bring up my task baby there it is boom right there task okay okay new task get more into VO narration. And then we're going to put in some sub goals on there. So this is going to include researching, setting up profile. Oh my God. There we go. Why is it not? <laughs> Stupid swipe. Setting up profile. And then, of course, examples of my voice. Because I can do that all day, baby. And then examples of my voiceover, we'll say. And then these are things that I'm going to set up doing. These are my goals. The, I'm going to make sure all of this gets done by the time we get into the next time I decide to record another podcast episode. Because let's face it, people, I want to put I want to put my voice out there. Reach out to more people and get, you know, get a little paid. Get my monies for putting on my voice onto a book, cause yeah, I know you guys like listening to me read stuff. I'll, you know, I'll even I'll even go as far as reading you an example of what I do here uh, when I decide to read for places like LibriVox. Here we'll pull up the cast of Amontillado by Edgar Allan Poe. And I'll even read a little bit of an excerpt of that for you guys, just because I love you. So here's a little here's a little sample. The Cast of Amontillado by Edgar Allan Poe The thousand injuries of Fortunato I had borne as I best could, but when he ventured upon an insult, I vowed revenge. You, who oh so well know the nature of my soul, will not suppose, however, that I gave utterance to a threat. At length, I would be avenged. This was a point definitely settled, but the very definite... Let me give you two again. 
but the very definitiveness with which it is, was resolved precluded the idea of risk. I must not only punish, but punish with impunity. A wrong is unrest. When, let me give that to you again. A wrong is unredressed when retribution overtakes its redresser. It is equally unredressed when the avenger fails to make himself felt as such to him who has done the wrong. It must be understood that neither by word nor deed had I given Fortunato cause to doubt my goodwill. I continued as my wont to smile in his face, and he did not perceive that my smile now was at the thought of his emulation. This is a little sample. I know I messed up a little bit, but the thing about voiceover is that I can mess up and redo it, and you guys get a much more perfect, more perfect product out of that. <laughs> All right. Hey, so guys, I want to go on to a new segment now that I set up my one of my goals for this week, as well as, you know what, let's throw that in there as well, guys. I'm going to put up finish proofreading. Finish. Finish. Proofreading. And editing third draft. There we go. Put that in there. These are my goals for this week. I'm gonna make sure. So I'm gonna make sure these all get done by the time we get back to another episode of this show. But moving on, I want to do a thing, a new little segment called "Today I Learn." All right, so check this out. Today I learned how deaf children in a Nicaraguan, in a Nicaraguan school uh, for ch- deaf children, created their own new language. So this was something that happened back in the late '70s, early '80s, where a birth of a new language, a Nicaraguan sign language, was spontaneously created without the influence of other languages to have been recorded from its birth. And though it came out of a period of civil strife, it was not political actors but deaf children who created the language's unique vocabulary, grammar, and syntax. When the Sandinista—sorry, let me give that to you again. Okay, when the Sandinista National Liberation Front gained power, they embarked on what has been described as a literacy crusade, developing programs to promote fluency reading in Spanish. One such initiative was opened to the, fir- to the first public school for deaf children, the Millennia Morales Special Education Center in Manawas, Barrio San Judas. According to Anne Sanguez, a professor of psychology at the Barnard College, who has studied NSL, Nicaraguan Sign Language, it was the first time in the history of the country that deaf children were brought together in large numbers. These children, who ranged in age from 4 to 16, had no experience with sign language beyond the home signs, in quotes, they used with family members to communicate broad concepts. American Sign Language, ASL for short, which has existed since the early 19th century. So that goes about 1800s right there. Which has existed in the early 19th century is used throughout the Americas and is often considered a lingua franca among deaf people whose first sign language is a national or regional one. But the first Nicaraguan deaf school did not use ASL or any other sign or any signs at all. Instead, they focused on teaching children to speak and lip read Spanish. 
And then from there, as they kept going, they started, the children started to develop their own language within the, within their whole thing. This is a really interesting thing because this gave, this gave people insight on what it was like for the early days of man when we were first developing our our languages and our ways of communicating the things that we do now that we take almost for granted by not even doing it at all people that hold their own stuff in and never say it these children had to figure out how to communicate just just as our ancestors thousands upon millions of eons ago had to figure out on their own when they came out of the primordial soup so to speak or however we were first put onto this earth. But this is a super interesting thing. You guys can look this up. How the Nicaraguan sign language was developed. How it was developed in the 80s. In, in, the, in, the, late, in the late 70s. I'll put up a, a link to this Atlas Obscura article that I found. That came out about 4 or 5 years ago. 2018. Yeah, 4 years ago. So that was a super interesting thing. And that's something I, w- I was super interested in. And that, was, that sounded really awesome to think about how that would how something just formed out of the necessity of trying to communicate the necessity of wanting to communicate brought about the birth of a new language sign language not american nicaraguan so that was really cool so stuff like that is uh that stuff like that is always happening around us amazing things you just have to just have to find them dig through all the crap and then you'll find it and then I want to lead off with how a supernova could light up the Milky Way at any time, and astronomers will be watching. So one of our galactic neighborhoods that these this one astronomer has been watching for almost for decades now is going to want to, is they're saying that they're going to see the supernova that's going to light up our sky. I don't know if we will be able to see it with the naked eye, or if it's going to have to be viewed through the James Webb or the Hubble telescope, but. Uh, it's not something that's ha- the one thing you have to really think about when it comes to space is that you're not seeing it happening now. You're happen- you're you're seeing seeing it happening in the past. So we're gonna get whatever happened thousands and thousands of years ago, or so however many light years away, and we're gonna start seeing that. That's gonna be that's the part that's amazing about it. So this galaxy went, or not this galaxy, but this supernova that happened who knows how long ago is going to just going to be just occurring and that's that's so crazy to think about i space i will tell you it's scary man it's scary beautiful (laughs) i I freaking love it so we'll see what happens earlier there's we'll see what happens at the with the rest of this year and what the telescopes pick up and that's always going to be super cool but that I got my week planned out. Hopefully you guys have your week planned out. Stay awesome. Stay cool. Stay kind. Give someone a compliment today. Who's listening? You did. Thanks. <laughs>